Sitcom Geeks. This is episode 40. Somehow we've managed to stagger our way uh, to 40 episodes. And uh, with me, oh, I'm James Carey, by the way. With me is Dave Cohen. Hello. We are joined again by uh, Kay Stonham. Hello. And Abigail Burdis. Hi. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Good. Um, Abigail is definitely here. Um, here too often known as Abby. Is that right? Fine. You're fine. fine. I just always like to call you Abigail. I don't know why. Uh, it's fine. My friend, my, my, my sister had a best friend called Abigail. He was always an oh. Abigail and not anything else. So that's why I can't shorten the name. Um, anyway, fascinating. Well, that's all we've got time for. That's all we've got time for. So uh, we are talking again about the Writers Guild Awards because we have all been involved slash scarred slash slash <laughs> by um, mountains of scripts and, um, and MP3s and various things like that. So uh, we're going to talk from a radio point of view about uh, what that whole process uh, brought to us and brought to mind and asking uh, Kay and Abby as well uh, what their take on it, both of whom have experience of writing and appearing in uh, radio, uh, radio comedies. So um, we'll get on to that. For reference, the shows that were nominated uh, for the Writers Guild Award were The Pin, uh, Guilt Trip and uh, John Fiddlemore's Double Axe. So we'll be finding out in a few uh, days' time from when this podcast goes out uh, which the winner is. But we had over 30 um, uh, submissions, more, more mainly 35, nearly 40, in fact. Yeah. yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. so there were various things that are, are worthy of note. What, what were your headlines from wading through all, um, all of those? Well, the headline is that, I mean, there is an incredible range of stuff. BBC make the most phenomenal range of comedy. They've got these three slots. They've got the kind of 6.30 uh, in the evening slot, which is very mainstream. Um, big laughs usually, audience usually. Uh, then they've got 11.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little bit more kind of... Uh, it's gentle, I would say, and kind of. Although they don't, we we think of it like that, but Radio Four don't see it that way. They see that as generally sitcoms. Yeah. Uh, whereas six thirty yeah. tends to be um, star panels. vehicles, panel games, yes, and that's true. Yeah. comedian tells you facts with jokes. Yeah. yeah. Um, get quite a lot of. And those of us who write in that eleven thirty slot don't think of it as gentle either. I no, that's true. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm not I include myself anyway. in that as well. I realise, as, as I was saying. That, 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 if you want to annoy a comedy writer, use yeah. the word gentle, basically. <laughs> that will work. Gentle will work, is, work. yeah. So, having totally wound up Kay there with that uh, definition uh, of gentle... No, sitcom, you're right. That is the, uh, the well, the non-audience sitcom as well, isn't it? I think it? they call it narrative comedy. Narrative that's yeah. what they call it. Yeah. Yeah. But they also have this slot in the evenings, 11pm, and uh, that's where uh, a lot of people listening now, I think uh, that that's kind of the place to be aiming at, I think, because that's where they put on all new people. They, they do stuff that is very different, uh, doesn't always work, uh, didn't always enjoy some of the stuff that I listened to or what or read that was from that period, but I could see how uh, this, this was like a good... Uh, it was good for the person doing it, because, yeah. I mean, nobody... Basically, nobody hears that slot, do they? they yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anyone review that slot particularly. Uh, <laughs> I'm, who am I insulting now? I wonder. Some gentle me. comedy that nobody has <laughs> seen. No, 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 it's challenging comedy. It was funny because no, it's good for the person writing it because no one <laughs> hears it. No. Yeah. Which is actually not true because it gets yeah. more, obviously, yeah, it gets more listeners than anything on BBC Three gets viewers. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's true. true. That's that's true. true. <laughs> but it's more that it doesn't, but the, what the point is, it's not Take exposed. over, James, no, before no, I, I think, dig myself I'm, in No, no, I'm going to pull you out of the hole. There is no great 
if, if you try something late on Radio 4 and it doesn't quite work, mm. you're not going to have your name plastered no. across a newspaper for daring to try and be funny and failing. So that's what happened when, um, when Bluestone 4-2 went out. Mm. We had two whole pages of A.A. Gill, who is now dead, mm. um, saying how every single person involved in Bluestone should be paraded through Wooden Bassett with their heads hung in shame. Because obviously we've written a different show from the one that he would have written, mm. which obviously his show would have been much better than our show. Is the fact that he's dead now connected? That's exactly what I was going to say. No, no. He has it sounds a, like the review and him review. being dead. No, no. So <laughs> okay. He hated our show. But the point is, it was only a BBC Three show and nobody really gives a damn about it. But the point is, even BBC Three, you will get... Mm. Yeah, yeah. You will get people going for you. Whereas if you if you do something that just doesn't work at eleven o'clock on Radio Four, then it it vanishes without trace. uh, He has died now. James. At some point, you're going to have to let this. I don't mind. (laughs) I didn't didn't want to be sentimental about the fact that he died because he wasn't a terribly sentimental person. Um, So um, who you know spent two two pages of the Sunday Times saying how terrible I was. So, um, let it go, James. Okay. But the point, but that's right. He also spent a lot of time saying the women weren't funny, so yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 we all going to the funeral when, <laughs> when the news came through. It wasn't as if Bowie had died and everyone just said, Oh, what a terrible thing! A lot of people from the arts yeah. were just like, Oh, that's oh, oh, that's yeah. sad. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. sad. Just thinking, like, he really hated my show. Yeah, um, <laughs> the point is. You also so from a writer performer point of view, I would say that late slot is is really worth thinking about because it is more experimental. Mm. But I would say from a sitcom writing point of view, the eleven o'clock in the morning, eleven thirty in the morning slot is a really good one to go for because it's where they have the greatest need and where they generally I think have the fewest scripts. Mm. So it's a bit of an it's it's a bit it's a bit of one or the other in terms of what you think you can deliver. But the other thing that really struck me listening to all the radio. Uh, nominations was there are a lot of people now with comedy on radio mm. that weren't even bothering with radio 10 years ago uh, you've got some really good names and really good comedians and you really are com- so previously I think you might have said radio is great because it's easy to get stuff on which it probably is it's easier to get stuff on radio 4 than it is to get on BBC 1 of course it is because mm. there are just way more slots and all that kind of stuff mm. but you're really competing with some superb comedians who have been on radio for ages are staying Mm. on radio and there's also new people coming to radio as well there were lots of voices um, on the radio which I was like wow goodness they're they're doing radio or they're Mm. still doing radio or they want to so it is very it is actually now very competitive but the sheer number of slots I think is still a Calls yeah. for celebration. Kate, you look like yeah. You well, I, I'm just thinking. I mean, I've done a lot of radio, a lot of radio series over the years, and I think it was always competitive. It was. There's always been less competitive than TV in the sense that it's paid a lot less. Mm. And where there is more money, there will be more people. Mm. But people have always loved radio, and they've always loved writing it, and it's always been hard to get on radio. Mm. I think it's a kind of an absolute. You know, it's just not true that it's mm. easy to get on radio. Um, but I do think that, nevertheless, it is a fantastic place for people to start mm. because what's, what is different is that people who work in radio are looking mm. for new people. 
Whereas I think people in general in TV are not in general looking for people mm. doing their first mm. their first mm. writing gig and wanting to nurture them. But people in radio, it's still part of their remit, I think, yeah. to find new people. And that's why it's good. Not because it's easy, but because... You know that you will be more welcome, I think, yeah. in radio than you will be in TV as a new writer. There is, um, there are, there are changes afoot. Changes ah, are happening, which um, is another episode um, at some point. But as far as I can tell, what's now happened in the last few weeks is that um, the radio have moved. Well, everyone's moved back to television centre or the new television centre that's in Shepherd's Bush the radio is now inside the the same uh, it's actually I think it's always with BBC Worldwide or something I'm like afraid that I've not been over there yeah. is it, is it a, still the building that looks like a Google data centre yeah, 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 yeah yeah so uh, and they're, 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 they're kind of changing <laughs> the the way they commission radio and, uh, and the way that radio relates to TV. I mean, they do this like every two years. They sort of completely change everything. There's lots of... Lots yeah, but, of the, out- but the output is still basically the same. Yeah, the output is the same. <laughs> By which I mean they, they still have yeah. roughly the same number of slots and they never want to pay yeah. them for it. Just got on one, top of, an extra on, layer of management. On basically. top of Radio 4, it's worth saying that Radio 2 still do some scripted yeah. comedy, although I'm not sure that many, if any, of the entrants for the Writers Guild were uh, for Radio 2. Was Radio 2. Oh, was that Radio 2? Okay. Yes. Um, and then also Radio Wales, um, the Games Family gift, sh- gift Shop show was on Radio Wales, and I've just written a show for Radio Wales, which um, mm-hmm. was not eligible for this year. But um, so, that, so on top of Radio 4, which already has way more output for comedy than most, you've mm-hmm. also got Radio 2 and you've got Radio Wales. Yeah. Um, so there are more options, um, which is encouraging. If you're a stand-up who's got something a little bit more than just, um, hey, isn't it amazing when the uh, you see a green lampshade and it makes you think of some advert you've seen on the telly or whatever, if, you, if you've got a little bit more depth... So that's that. what stand-up is? Is that what you say it is? No, it's no. yeah, stand-up. <laughs> I think Dave is. Dave's on a roll. I've got a very is. good stand-up show only last night. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> very much. More in it than that, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. A lot more. Yeah. If, you're, if you have a bit of uh, a, a stand-up with, a, with a, another element to it, <coughs> think, I mean, an angle... Little, an angle. There were a lot of shows um, that we listened to were stand-ups, but they weren't just stand-ups. There was a Carrie Marks show about yeah. having a heart attack. Um, there was... Um, Intensive Carrie Marks. Yes. Henry Normal. Henry Normal about his autistic son. And... Uh, uh, Bennett's Aaron as well. Yeah. Aaron Bennett's Bennett Aaron. Bennett Aaron. Bennett Aaron. Yeah. Um, had a show about, uh, about being offensive and... So there were lots of people, and there was um, a couple of, there was a guy who... So you're saying that if you do have a health problem and you are a yeah. stand-up, or, you try and make a pun with your name. You've also got uh, Tez Talks as well, which is his thing about yeah. uh, about being Muslim, and yeah. there was... Um, uh, Amir Charles. <laughs> yeah, uh, about history of Pakistan as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yes. So if you've got a strong, if you've got a strong angle of something that is very personal to you, a story mm. that you are uniquely able to talk about, or a life situation, which is, I think that's... That's also uh, to do good. My my worry, listening, my overall comment on the thirty or forty shows we listened to, was that or, or read was the fact that I felt there were quite a lot of shows where somebody tells their personal story, mm. and at that point, there's also an issue of whether you are effectively giving them points 
for stuff that's happened to them yeah. or mm-hmm. how well they've written. Because right. sometimes, for example, a, a, a movie can appear to be brilliant because it happens to be about an amazing story. And actually the movie was so-so, but the story's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually the, the the craft of the writing in that movie was, was basic, was fine, yeah. but not great. And so there was there were some shows which I thought were really good and really personal, really interesting, where you just think, oh yeah, but you, you didn't write that you had that happen to you. <laughs> um, but by the same token, you just think, well, for goodness sake, what else are they going to write about? Or, mm-hmm. um, so th- that's always a little bit of an issue. The other thing, I, I did feel there was quite a lot of comedian tells you a series of facts and jokes mm. um, yeah. you know in order mm. um, fact joke fact joke fact joke joke fact yeah. fact joke little sketch fact joke mm. you know yeah. and um, there's a point at which you sort of think oh I think we can probably do better than that um, mm. but at the same token well you mean they were non-narrative though? they were they were sort of somebody explaining something or you know I mean, people, the, the guys who do it brilliantly like Mark Steele make it look very easy Mm. Um, so Mark Steele's um, in town, which is a previous winner of this. Which movie. is a previous winner of that slot, and the the, the episode he did on Stockport, which I listened mm. to, was great. It was really funny. Mm. Um, so he, he talks about particular. He places. goes to yeah. yeah. the place. He, he actually about go, it and then gets a walks around with a yeah. uh, microphone. Although he didn't actually. The one that we, yeah. the one that was Richard, he wasn't really talking. He, uh, he in the yeah. studio, he was talking yeah. to one or two members of the audience, but not much. It was mostly yeah. him. So I think people can make that look really easy, and I think sometimes people try to sort of, oh, I could just do that, except from my perspective. Yeah. And actually sometimes you think, well, you need to... The thing is, Mark Steele's observations are really clever, yeah. and really funny, and it's a great show. And but in lesser can, hands, yeah. I think it can look like... And he's incredibly experienced, yeah, and he's been around for a long time. Oh, yeah. So, well, yeah. mm. But, um, but there's, so, so overall, I thought that there was quite a lot of those sorts of shows, but out of the opening, but, but that was only a percentage. I was also really heartened from a sitcom writing point of view of how many sitcoms there were. Yeah. And they were mostly in front of audiences, actually, mm. as well. Um, in terms of the ones I heard as opposed to the ones I read. Yeah. Um, so you had like Ankle Tag and you had Reluctant Persuasion and you had mm. um, uh, To Holland Back and yeah. a few others like that. And you think, wow, that's, as, a, as an overall proportion in the last podcast we were talking about mm. the TV submissions which were almost entirely mm. uh, not in front of an audience I think it does make a big difference to at least how it sounds it's not better yeah. or worse necessarily but it is interesting that I mean uh, it, it, it is relatively that much easier to do an audience show for radio yeah. than yes. it is for, for TV there are just not enough there aren't so many things that get in the way for a for a uh, radio show you're basically I mean because for the audience you're just all you're hearing is the sound of people talking and sound effects and and the laughs yeah whereas for tv you've got the sight lines you've got all the other you've got the editing all all the things that can go wrong in a in a tv sitcom yeah and you don't you can actually go to a tv sitcom and think you've seen the funniest show ever and then you go home and watch it on tv and it's just some of that the magic that was in the room doesn't yeah. doesn't translate in a way that it does with radio. I think. I mean, we've been to radio. We've been to radio shows mm, where really you hear the audience laughter, and then you go and you hear. Oh, written after. Blow it up in the room. Yes. What happened there? Well, then frequently I've sort of given up listening. When I once because I'm always there in the studio, but I, I've I've got out of the habit of actually listening to stuff go out. Mm. 
um, just because you think, well, it doesn't really matter <laughs> now. I can't believe yeah. about it. It's just going to annoy me. It's irritating. Yeah. Yeah. You hear yeah. what's not there, don't yeah. you, rather than what is yeah. there. There's always that worry when you're recording a radio show that this is just a delusion. Especially because it's like such a crazily warm audience. Yeah. So you go out and you're like, I'm the funniest person I've <laughs> yeah. ever lived. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh, oh, maybe I'm, like, maybe I didn't. <laughs> maybe that was just some nice people yes, in a nice room, a nice yeah. club. Oh, the night yeah. after. Yeah. 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 Folded then, arms, tell yeah. us a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is well, true. I, I mean, the, the <laughs> audiences, I would say, probably, yes, are slightly more forgiving in the uh, uh, radio world than they are in the stand up world. Well, no, well, no, 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 it's very specific radio for We still, on, on Milton Danger Show, we still talk about that, that one audience that we had for one recording yeah. of, one, of one show for, what was it, another case of Milton Jones, I think? But he was a Formula One driver and something else, and the audience were, were terrible. They just didn't go with it. Really, but but to the point where like this was this is Milton's fifth radio series. Yeah. Um, David Tyler came out at the start, the producer, to say, "Welcome to the show," and he does his couple of jokes that always gets the audience going a little bit, and he does that very nicely. Nothing. Oh no. And then I just thought, well, okay, that's fair enough. He's not a comedian. But they all come to see Milton. Milton comes on. Milton did some warm up gags and just talked to the audience. Nothing. <laughs> and we just, I think we all oh, just no. thought, this is, wow, this is like, it <laughs> Milton's, Milton's best, I don't want to steal his stories, but Milton's best heckle that he ever had, which was not on that night, Milton's best heckle where he had somebody from the audience just shout, what is this? Reminiscent of the on the hour story of like you know, a child from the audience going, "This is a swizz. This this sport is just people. This snooker is just people knocking balls around the table. Every shuffles off and goes home." But uh, I had a, a, a flatmate who was, did a radio panel show uh, way back, and uh, I only ever got one series. He said that he said that the one thing that happened during the show was they had to they had to stop the recording about uh, a third of the way through because one of the audience members snoring was being <laughs> caught on the microphone. So had, to go, had to go and stop the recording and wake up the snoring person. <laughs> That is a Radio 4 audience. It is. Do you remember the woman who used to always sit? Like, come in, you know. Offensive. Offensive. You know. What I mean is relaxed. They're relaxed audiences. Sometimes to the point of... Very hot. Yeah. There used to be a woman who used to always come and sit in the front row for knitting. Right. The same woman. Do you remember? A row of people who loved Radio 4 comedy who would always queue up. The shows and they would yeah, be yeah. there in the front row. It was, they were very special people. That's very special people. Um, one other thing, if we can move back to talk about the uh, actual oh, radio right, show. Right. Sorry about all these uh, <laughs> anecdotes, but uh, yes, the um, there, there's a big range of topical shows as well. That was something. I mean, you, I guess you were just looking at sitcom, weren't you? So you weren't really looking at. Yeah, I mean, topical. yeah, we we had to be on on TV. We yeah. so much was excluded because it was mm. simply, and that's a kind of shame, isn't it? Or, or is it a shame that we don't have separate categories? Well, in one sense, really like, yeah, our categories it? are not quite equivalent in that no, sense, I not. suppose. But there was a very broad range of, of shows, wasn't there? Really, mm. of, the, of the topical ones, and you you liked a lot of the. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I don't. I'm not particularly a big fan of topical comedy, but um, I did think that the quality again. It's partly because the the guys who were doing it were 
very experienced. So Marcus yeah. Brigstock's show and um, mm-hmm. Mark Steele's show. Mm-hmm. And these guys really do know what they're doing. Yeah. So um, yeah. the quite Paul Sinha as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, those guys are, are pretty good. So how do you what get their sketch? Are they sorry? Are they sketchy or gaggy or what? Well, they're just sort of. I'm going to tell you about something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you about Stockport. Or I mean, ironically, in Marcus's mm-hmm. case, he was talking about feminism. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, was quite funny. They even pointed out during the course of the show that the entire show had been written by men. Yeah. Um, which he was, was, he was being a woman, wasn't he, for he the, the show? Which was yeah. which was kind of funny, but um, also I think also problematic. Kind of not funny. Yeah. 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 yeah, Well, there was so, dead yeah. ringers yeah, there sorry. as well. Yes, and, and of course, fifteen-minute musicals. Fifteen-minute musicals is very yeah. good as well. Yes, yes. That there's, was... fact, there's two new fifteen-minute musicals. Catch them now. They're still on iPlayer. <laughs> He's got a voice over my head. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're going to plug our shows. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Plug away. No, I'm interested, and as someone who writes radio sitcoms, mm. uh, I've always been, and, and it's rare that radio sitcoms get an award because they are in those categories mm. with shows which are, yeah. you know, mm. they're just different. It's apples yeah. and oranges for me. Yeah. And I, I wondered how did you, you know, how did you decide on the shortlisting? Because I think you, in general, you just look at the quality of the writing and my mm. overall. My overall criteria, at least, is, is does the writing make this greater than the sum total of the parts? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you can listen to something and you go, lots of jokes in a line, that works. If I'd been at home doing the washing up or cooking or something, I would have loved listening to that. And then there are other shows which you read them or listen to them and you realise that you haven't really stopped thinking about them for 24 hours or you just keep remembering bits and keeps coming back and those and I think I think those are the shows where they just sort of lodge in a way because I mean there are there were, there were loads of great shows and we you know there, there were probably 15 different shows which if they'd been on the list finalist of three I'd have been like yeah sure why not you know it wouldn't have been a problem and then of the other lots there were some that were really not to my taste but I would still have probably begrudgingly admitted, and then there are one or two words I would have thought, no, this is poor, this is bad, <laughs> over my dead body. Well, I, I but think, it didn't, it didn't yeah, come to that, fortunately. It's what we talked about in the last uh, episode, about there's, you, it, it's, a, it's a, got to be good, first of all, but then it then there's a new there's an extra thing there. And I think that's what, uh, I mean, for, for instance, the pin, uh, which which is in many ways a very traditional sketch show. Yeah. It's too... 20-something uh, footlights yeah. guys doing a, doing what 20-something footlights guys have been doing since 1940s yeah. uh, or 50s or whatever. But they, they... And they did that that very well. But then yeah. they did have this extra kind of uh, thing, which, and again, I have heard it before, shows like um, in, in One Ear and um, what was it, The Burkis Way, right. uh, shows from the sort of 80s and 90s um, that kind of subvert the... Subvert the, the the format, yeah. but they but and sometimes when you hear that you just think oh this is people just saying oh, we're breaking the rules but they they so, so solidly follow the rules in every other aspect yeah, yeah. and they, they they deliver great sketches yeah traditional so do they go sketches. Meta? Yeah, a bit. Yeah. But they pre- it's presented yeah. to the audience. Oh, I love a bit of meta. A bit like yeah. Fry and Laurie used to on their TV show and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So it was sort yeah. of. You know, it was, it was within that genre really, and they just did it well, and it worked. Mm. And I, I found my, again, it's like one of those great and sometimes parts. Am I thinking about it later? Am I listening to it thinking, oh, 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 I must play this to my wife who has yeah. no great, who has an average interest in radio comedy, despite yeah, being yeah. married to a comedy writer. So those were the sort of things where if I find myself 
listening to something or reading something just going, yeah, okay, yeah, that works, that's good, yeah, no, that, yeah, that, good, yeah, that, that's, you know. And then there are other times where you think, oh, that's just great. Yeah. And that's, that, that's the difference between, presumably, Mark, I mean, because I know, Kay, you have a, um, you've done a certain amount of teaching of situation comedy or yeah. writing and that yeah, stuff. Writing. So where you're having to read something to say, does this work? Mm. And then there are things that work that you can give good marks to and there are things you think, oh, that's just great. That's, they've, they've found something here or there's... Yeah, do you yeah. find that? Oh, totally, totally. Um, and for me, it's usually to do with the individual voice, isn't it? You, yeah. you see the voice of the writer coming mm. through and it's something which is... Uh, you know, there's a there's a kind of passion, there's a belief, there's a there's an individual perspective mm. coming through that makes you think, oh, I hadn't thought of it quite like that before, but isn't that mm. isn't that interesting or isn't that right? Yeah. You know, or it's a subject which um, you just haven't seen before, uh, and I you know I particularly like that kind of thing. I mean, my my show is about women who've had cancer, mm. and I know that's not to everyone's taste, and a lot of people would think well, you shouldn't write a, a show. No, yeah, well, I read it. It was but, great. Um, but for me, that, that is kind of a thing that I'd like to look for. Have I seen this story before? Yeah. And if it's a story yeah. I haven't seen before, then I, I'm more yeah. interested in yeah. it than I am in a general sketch show, even yeah. if it's really yeah. good by some mm. guys who always do sketch shows. Yeah. Well, that's in a sense I felt um, that a little bit about the John Finnemore sketch show, which I love, and I really enjoyed it. Souvenir programme. Souvenir programme, yeah. and uh, it was about the fourth series or something. Mm, and I think, was, I think yeah. yeah, so uh, there was ju- just listening to that, I just thought, oh, yes, oh, this is another great John Finnemore yeah. sketch show, yeah. and it does everything that a John Finnemore sketch show should do. Uh, but then his other show, uh, which was uh, called uh, Double Act, in which mm. he basically wrote for... Two performers. Two people talking in real time. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which can often, in my opinion, let's have the bottle episode, mm. sometimes it can be a writer's exercise, mm. which writers get very excited about, and then, you know, but the audience tend to think, well, okay, I'd rather a bit, you jump ahead a bit so the story moved faster. Mm. Can I just... But actually, that, it wasn't doing that yeah. in quite the same way. Can I just interrupt? Somebody asked me on Twitter the other day, said, can you do something on your in your show about bottle episodes? Oh, right. And so uh, um, I think a lot of people listening might not know what you meant when you said bottle episodes. So, in, you, so the bottle episode, in, so basically, in your sitcom, in episode five of series two normally... You've run out of money. Your, episode, your characters get trapped in a lift... Yeah. Yeah. And they have to talk to each other and have conversations they haven't had before. Mm. Um, and that's traditionally called a bottle episode where they're just yeah. caught in a Saving bottle. Saving money, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, although in radio, there's no, there's no yeah, need to do that. Money, but yeah. people do yeah. do that. And, and John mm. Finnamore chose to do that in his double acts. But um, he's a decent writer, so he kind of made it work. Yeah. Well, that, that, so, that's, so sort of to yeah. answer yeah. your yeah. question yeah. there, so that, well, that, wasn't, that was more of a narrative show. Mm. But it was... It was Play-like, uh, in that sense, as well, yeah. wasn't it? Mm. It, it, like a little it, two-handed play. Yeah. 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 So, but that that was for me. That felt kind of not only is this a great piece of writing, but it is different mm. enough. It definitely lifts it. Mm. Yeah. In, in that I mean, sense. I'll ask you guys something because it's something we talked about. Um, how did you find yourself separating out the value of the performances? From the value of the writing, because we were, we found yeah. that we were reading just the scripts. It was we found yeah, it, it was so very different. different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, shows that I thought that I loved or thought that I would love because I'd heard so much about it. It was the kind of show that I should love. Yeah, I then looked at it and thought. 
doesn't seem to be much here. Yeah. And I realised it must all be in the performance. I think... So how did you... Did I, that come across? Well, I think what we said was, because we had so many applicants, so many entrants, because we had 30-something, nearly 40, I, I said to our little subcommittee, you can listen to them or read them, you can do whatever you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people submitted mm-hmm. both formats and some just one. And so I, I was going to say that if it became really close that we would go back to the original script and we would decide right. based on the script. But because our our final shortlists were not particularly at variance, it didn't mm. feel like we needed to um, mm. to, to do that. Mm. Um, but I agree, there are times when you think on paper something might not look funny, but it really is, and other times something is mm. on paper. But it depends, it's a philosophical thing really. It's if you go on to uh, Script Notes podcast with John August and Craig Mason, which is a lovely podcast about screenwriting... Craig Mason is always talking about how people can get a bit can fetishize scripts a bit too much, mm. um, and that ultimately it's a blueprint for a different thing. If you see what I mean, yeah. a script a script has some building plans. It's not a building. Yeah, yeah. So you don't give architects awards based on the drawings, but on the building, and therefore the building is always some sort of compromise or some kind of version of. And therefore, with this, I think a script is fine, and how well a writer does the job on paper is fine. But they also have to write something that is performable, mm. and that becomes something transcendent. So I don't think it is just about the script. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you're, you're totally right. If you're thinking about an ordinary award or like a, yeah. film, a film award, short film award, or mm. something. Um, yeah, that's totally true. But we we sort of thought of it slightly differently, didn't we? In that it's a writers mm. guild award, so we sort know, of started think, to yeah. really really try and separate I think it's like out. Quite the interesting there, in that you guys are writers and we both were actors. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. maybe we have a slightly different way yeah. of reading scripts, anyway. So it might be that that we're reading scripts and with that actually head on going like now how. How will I say this? How will I get the love of this and that sort of way? So it might be we do more of a focus on on the performance with that role. Do you see what I mean? So that yeah, so that it was probably useful for us yeah. to read well, I mean, the I, script I, I, script like, rather than yeah. to see the thing. Yeah. So that we weren't dazzled by the. I was stand the up first. Yeah, you were stand up. Were you? Although you were a journalist before that. I suppose, yeah. yeah. Before, that, a, yeah. Waiter, before that, a waiter. I was very good at spelling <laughs> at school as well. Before that, a precocious <laughs> child. Yes. But I did. Um, I, I, this is, I've judged this a few times, and actually last year I did. I kind of made a point of only starting out just reading the scripts and sort of thinking, hang on, this is a writer's award. Mm. And so mm. actually. I agree with mm. what he's saying there, James, about the, the about you know a drawing is not a building. But in terms of radio, there there are so few uh, things between the script yeah. and yeah, yeah. it going yeah, out right, yeah. that it kind of felt it felt a legitimate thing to do, mm. um, and it wasn't. I I, I did a mm. similar thing to you. It's partly a, a time thing, and also because we didn't get as many. Uh, MP3s through, so I just I'm going to read. I'm just going to read them, and, and I'm going to make my choice on that. And if if my choice is wildly divergent mm-hmm. from everybody else's, then I'll go back and listen to yeah. a few of the shows. But 
it turned out that was pretty much. I think you guys were more in accordance from what I've heard, weren't mm. you? Then we were I think right. so. Well, yeah, we had about four emails, didn't we? As yeah. opposed to a drunken four-hour <laughs> fight. Yeah, proper The police were called. Scoring system. We yeah. had to go back and do it several yeah. times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was. That was good. Yeah. It was good, though. You really interrogated it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel you got to know each other just a little bit better by the end of the? Did the process reveal character? A little bit yeah. too well. Worse, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit worse. <laughs> Ending with truth or dare games. Yes, no, there was a lot of games. Well. I loved this. I loved it. I've enjoyed it. When do you get to talk about sitcom? I mean, it was the ultimate sitcom. We, we do know, it every two weeks. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's just the two of you. Yeah. Yeah. If I could just mention just before we finish that we talk about topical shows a bit. Newsjack is back, by the way, as a sort of news item. Don't forget, Newsjack is uh, the topical show on Radio 4 Extra. It starts on the Thursday, the 26th of uh, January, 10.30pm, I think, is the time it goes out. Blimey. Um, and um, so we always say, right for it, right for Newsjack. Um, I'm going to ask around the table if anyone's got a, uh, if you've got a piece, one piece of advice about writing for Newsjack. Mine is, keep writing. The show's on for six weeks. Uh, don't write in week one and uh, think, oh, I didn't get anything on, that's it, I'm giving up. Because uh, that's what, like, 50% of the people do. So if you write in week Very much two, like joining a gym. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's early January. Yeah. Which is really annoying for those of us who go to the gym all year round, swimming at least. I'm not a terribly fit person, but I hate January because it's full of people who suddenly joined. And so, um, yeah. you know, just think, where are you in November? Yeah, yeah. like weekends at yeah. the yeah. when you when, be, if you're yeah. a dog walker every second week day. Second week of Feb, there it's all gone off. Johnny, come later. So that's my one. I, I, if you have or haven't got a piece of advice, it doesn't matter. Anyone got did, you, did, you, did you write for topicals? Yeah, um, weekending. Back in the day? Yeah, but I started yeah. weekending like everybody else yeah. in the world in our game. Um, mm. My advice actually is a, is, is a slightly gender specific one. So I apologise about that, but it kind of is because I think it is quite relevant. Because mm. Newsjet last time. Um, when we had the um, uh, the craft comedy conference, uh, mm. they were talking about Newsjack, and apparently, still, a hard, very very few women still mm. submit to Newsjack. It's still something like eighty percent, twenty percent. And I know, really when I, yeah, that really surprised me actually, mm. because one of the things when we did weekending, those of us who did it remember, is that we all turned up, uh, and mm. it was mostly men in the room. I think I was the only woman uh, mm. most of the time, although women did come and they often went again mm. quite quickly when they didn't get something on. Mm. And so I think I would like to say if you're you know, if you are a female uh, writer and you're trying to get started and you don't think topical comedy is for you, do give it a go. Mm. Do give it a go because that's all the blokes do. Yeah. And they keep giving it a go until they get on. And I, I really saw that on weekending that women dropped out really way faster than men did if they didn't get on. The men just kept coming, whether they were on or not. You know, and good for them, it's what you have to do. So it's not that partly a function of just being like, one of these kids is not like the other kids. <laughs> 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 but you're just a bit like, oh guys, 
just me. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a bit of that. It, but, it yeah. could be, but, no, but well, the point about, about it now being submitting online is that, that shouldn't happen. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 Now, now they won't let you into the building, oh, right. so it's yeah. there yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. It's better. It's better. Previously, you used to have the encouragement of coming in and meeting other writers, but no, they've stopped that. Well, I would say that that was a better system. It was better. Yeah. But anyway, it's not that's not the system, and it is online submission. So I would just encourage. I would just want to encourage women to to yeah, write and to and to keep writing and don't give up and really to take advantage of the excellent advice that you can get. I think from um, from you, Jack, can't you? I mean, they will. If anything, I would say if you can't, if you don't think you can manage to do six weeks in a row, partly because it's hard to write for six mm. weeks in a row on top of a regular job and everything else, maybe don't even write for the first and second week. Listen to it, listen yeah. to it, listen to it. Even go to the perform yeah. to the recording yeah. of it, and then to, to make yourself determined to be writing for the final episode exactly. as well, exactly. and go all the way through. Because yeah. as I say, I think the drop off rate is considerable. Well, interestingly, they've got a new presenter, and in fact, it's uh, Angela Barnes. So uh, that's also that's I think it's the first time they've had so, a woman. Yeah, so it's an extra uh, opportunity. Doing it. Mm. So that's so, so a that's an extra uh, incentive mm. uh, if you know Angela Barnes uh, stand up. Routine. I mean, she's uh, obviously she writes all her own stuff, but a lot of the material that she does, you know, it's worth writing one-liners for her. Um, but then also, also what it will mean is that the show is in a, is actually in a bit of a state of flux because whenever a new presenter starts, and she's probably about the fourth presenter now in 15, 16 series, so. Think things are up for grabs, so you know if you've got a kind of something that that she might like, you, you know you're you're in luck. You, you this is this is probably a good series to be kind of a little. You can get away with being a bit experimental on, yeah. but trying new things and, and maybe starting from show one because yeah. she might go, oh, that's just the sort of thing I like, and nobody else is doing that except for you. People don't believe you when you when you say it, but they really do want new writers yeah, to really succeed. Think people think there's a bit of a closed shop and that no one's it's like no seriously having had experience of script editing uh, an open door writing show called Extraordinary for Training Purposes you do pick up every sketch hoping that it's going to be so brilliant that you can just put it straight in unedited because that way you don't have to do any work yourself um, yeah. it's really as simple as yeah, that um, so and you want to be someone who who is finding new people and can you know, it makes you look good, but also it's a good feeling to find someone, encourage them, and that they do well and go off and, and forget all about you um, when they move to Hollywood. I'm not thinking of anyone in particular. <laughs> Genuinely, although the more I say that now, the less likely you are to believe like me. So, um, so check on Dave's website for, for just general help on News Jack, and there's also some stuff on my blog called sitcomgeek.blogspot.com, which says about why you should write for Newsjack and how to, you know, a few, few pointers, I think. Um, in general, my advice is have one idea and stick to the idea in the sketch. There's always a temptation to bail out on that idea and to introduce a new idea or that kind of stuff, but just what is your sketch about? Just start it, nail the jokes, twist, end, done. Excellent. Um, easier said than done. I would almost, I also say generally, try not to even start writing the sketch until you know you've got a punchline because punchlines are the hardest thing to do. And if you don't have a punchline, I would say you sort of don't have a sketch. Um, because, it, again, if you submit a sketch without a punchline to a script editor, the script editor is going, oh, this is a great sketch, but I will have to think of a punchline. 
and they're really hard. Yeah. So you're less likely <laughs> to use it because you've got to do some work on it. So if you can just give them something that can go straight in, mm. that's two, three pages, not nine pages. That's good advice. Wow, I wish someone had said that to me. Yeah. <laughs> Don't write things that are too long, one yeah. joke at a time. One, day, yes. one joke at a time. 400 words. If, you, if you're going over 400 yes. words in your sketch, oh, you're, you are And 400 of, pages, definitely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 400 pages is probably a novel. <laughs> Unless you've got a very big word on each page, that's okay. <laughs> okay, well, that's the end of our podcast. Thank you very much to Kay and to Abby. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having us. Well, she's very well thought that. We're both of you, aren't Thank you to uh, Dave Cohen. Thank you very much. And uh, we will speak to you again soon. Cheerio. Bye-bye.